city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We unlocking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. We will be joined with the Joseph McGuire later on in the show as we talk some New York baseball, New York Yankee baseball, I should be saying, as the New York Bronx Bombers, once called Bronx Bombers, are back to their old ways again. So what team is going to show up every game? Is it going to be the team that hits six to seven runs, a couple home runs, or... Is it going to be the team that we've been seeing for the past couple of, or majority of this season where they just cannot hit the ball? But let's start off with the NBA playoffs. And we're going to also talk a little Coach K because Coach K comes out this week with the breaking news of his retirement after this year. So we'll talk about that as I am a big Duke fan. But let's start off with the NBA playoffs. The NBA playoffs have been great throughout this entire season. And I've been loving what I've seen. I've been seeing the stars, the young stars have really, we saw last year with Devin Booker. We saw last year with Donovan Mitchell. We saw last year with Jamal Murray, uh, Luka Doncic, the list goes on Jason Tatum. Well, those guys have continued to show this postseason that that wasn't a fluke. As you could see with Devin Booker's emergence as a superstar, Donovan Mitchell and all these guys. That's my biggest takeaway that I've seen from this NBA playoffs. And one more thing, Ted, before I get to you, is the teams that are eliminated right now. The Celtics, the Knicks. I know the Knicks just got in, but still, the New York Knicks were in the playoffs. That's a big deal for the NBA. The Miami Heat, who was just in the finals last year. Now you have the L.A. Lakers officially eliminated after last night. And then you could have the L.A. Clippers as well getting Maybe they're throwing again in the playoffs, an early exit. So, Ted, we'll get into the Lakers quickly in a few, but what is your biggest takeaway so far that you've seen from this NBA playoffs? I, I don't have biggest takeaways. I just I have an overall feeling. I was telling you before I had. I just the way the the Knicks had flaws. They overachieved during the regular season. They overachieved. They they did what they had to do during the regular season. But I didn't think they were going to win the series. They weren't the better team. They didn't have mm-hmm. the best player on the court. Trey Young was the best player on the court. Um, the Lakers, they have flaws. We, we realize that. LeBron's older. He was dealing with an ankle injury. Anthony Davis had injuries. I mean, he's, he's it's their team has been dysfunctional. Dennis Schroeder puts up 25 in a game and then doesn't show up for the next four games. I mean, Kyle Kuzma, he has disappeared. <laughs> just, I mean, you, 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 you say you, that again. I mean, sign Drummond. You, you know, you picked up Drummond after the free, you know, when he got dropped by Cleveland and, and then you're like, all right, well, he doesn't even play. And then, because he doesn't match up well, and then you sign Montez Harrell and then he was in the doghouse. And so listen, the jazz are the best overall team in the NBA. That's why they have the best. record. Doesn't mean they have, I told you this as I was driving to the gym, it has nothing to do with regards to talent. Brooklyn Nets, and Milwaukee Bucks are probably the two most talented teams left, and they're going to face off in the second round. The best overall team, though, is the Jazz. They can go 10 deep. I mean, they, they can bring guys off the bench that fill – I mean, Bojanovic is healthy this year, Joe Ingles. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. I mean, Mike Connolly's really found the floor with this team. So, so what I have to say is this. The best series coming up is easily the Brooklyn Nets and Milwaukee, and I think the winner of that series is going to win the championship. 
because I think mm-hmm. both of those teams are better than everyone. I think they would eventually beat the Jazz, which I think the Jazz will end up playing the Suns. With regards to LA, this is the Clippers' opportunity to shine. Steve Palmer, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, you made the move to get Rondo. This is their opportunity to shine. I don't think they're going to win, though, because Donovan uh, Doncic, I mean, do you realize he had 42 points? Of the 37 field goals they made, he assisted or scored on 32 of them. Porzingis, who was supposed to be the number two, had eight points. Yeah, I mean, that's it's been impressive what Lucas has been doing so far single-handedly for that team and he's on the brink of getting to I mean you're getting to the, the second round of the NBA playoffs in an open a wide open Western Conference we should also mind you think about the possibility that we're going to have the Utah Jazz the Phoenix Suns the Denver Nuggets and possibly the Dallas Mavericks as the final four in the Western Conference I don't think many people I know a lot of people say, oh, well, I didn't see that happening. Um, I could see people saying, being a little surprised by it. But really, you take it, you think about it. You look at the Eastern Conference. Well, you got the Sixers, who's been there for a while. You got the you got the Nets, who we all expected should be there. The Bucks, The Hawks, surprise me. But to look at the Western Conference, the four teams that could possibly be the, in the playoffs left, I mean, I don't think you would have been saying that the Phoenix Suns would be, in the, would be the two seed on top of it. I mean, to see what the young well, stars are doing they, right they now. Are, they, are worth the they were better than the Lakers. It's just amazing. Like, like, we always talk about in the NBA, uh, who's going to who's gonna take the torch? Who's going to pass the torch off? Because you've always had superstars that are in different decades. Well, now LeBron, LeBron's time is coming, coming sooner than maybe later. I mean, he's still going to be LeBron, but there's moving on to the future. And you look at this future of the NBA, man. There is some great, and I mean exceptional talent, currently in the NBA right now. And you're seeing all these guys not just doing in the regular season, but continuing it into the playoffs. So Devin Booker, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, uh, Luca. I mean, yeah, we always even Zion when he gets his time. I know we always like who's the face of the NBA. Well, why can't it just be like this younger generation? I mean, these guys are all unbelievable. And I think, so I think if Luka and the Dallas Mavs can get another a number two, Luka will end up being the guy. I truly believe that. He's the he's he's phenomenal. Okay. He's only what's he 22, 22 years old. He's phenomenal, bro. He's he really, so I was thinking about this too with the Clippers, and Kawhi's legacy and stuff, right? And I truly believe he's not a leader. He's a great player. He's the best player. He's the best player in that series. It's not Doncic. It's Kawhi. And what I mean by that is he plays defense. He could score. He does everything well. But he has not shown up, and he's not a true leader. I was thinking about, you know, Colin when he was talking about Kawhi, and I'm thinking, you know, he wasn't the leader on the Raptors. It was Kyle Lowry. Lowry was the dog in the house. It wasn't Kawhi. And I think this, if they go out, in the first round to the the Dallas Mavericks, a team that they should beat. They had the better record. They had 47 wins. Dallas had 42. They have Paul George and Kawhi and Rondo and Reggie Jackson. I mean, and, and, and probably a bunch of other guys that I can't just think off the top of my head. They, they fired Doc Rivers, right? It was Doc Rivers' fault last year, right? Because he couldn't make adjustments. 
Now you have Tyron Lue. I mean, he's got a championship. What's going to be the excuse for the Clippers when they don't win this series? It just What's was a failed. Experience? It was just. It was just a failed experiment. Just a failed, plain and simple. If they get, if they lose in the first round, especially this year, with the way they finished last year and how they lost to this year, we all thought that they would bounce back after a, a disgraceful final three games against the Nuggets. To see them maybe being possibly bounced after tonight, I mean, it's over. You you just got to scrap the plans and go back to the drawing boards because that's what it comes down to. And even with the Lakers, and I wanted to get into the Lakers because I am a Laker fan, and it's disappointing to see that we just talked about the Clippers. Their season could come to an end. The Lakers at least have a title. So when we think of the Lakers and AD LeBron's little duo, I mean, we got one. I mean, and they talked about on Get Up this morning. Will the Lakers ever win with LeBron again and AD? And Stephen A. Smith, hold on, Stephen A. Smith said it's closed. And the thing is that comes to this offseason, what do the Lakers do? I mean, they got to find shooters. They have to figure out what they want to do with Anthony Davis because you cannot continue to have a guy who, when is on the floor, is one of the best in the entire game, by far. One of the most talented big men, by far. That's what my key thing is, when he's on the court. And Charles Barkley made a little comment, a little joke, calling him street clothes. Because it seems like every time we think of Anthony Davis, he's in his mask, his hoodie, his pants, and he's sitting on the bench because he's injured. That's what we think of when we think of Anthony Davis. We don't think of the man that's dominating, going 30, 35, or 30, 30 points and 10 rebounds, 12 rebounds last year in the NBA Finals. No, we don't think of that. We think of the man that's sitting on the bench because he's having an injury. And that's a problem, and that's an issue that the Lakers have to figure out in a situation that they have to figure out. So it's disappointing to see the season come to an end the way it did, especially the last two games. Well, see, I would add two more teams to this list, and it would be the Knicks and the Celtics too. And the reason why I'm throwing these in because I look at similarities. So what I see with the Knicks is they overachieve. They got a good. They got a good base. Okay, they have a good base. Yeah, they got a good. They got a good base. Tibbs has got to though. He's got to get. Got to get over this thing of wearing the guys out during the regular season. Okay, yeah. Derrick Rose was their best player. That can't be, right? He can't be the best player on the team. Julius well, Randle in the playoffs, he was the best player. I would have. So Julius Randle was the best player during the regular season. Didn't show up in the playoffs. Julius Randle's a three. Let's be honest. If Julius Randle's your one or two, you're not going to win a championship I in today's game. I think he could be a two, depending on who's your one. Trev, if he was going to be a, be your two, then he should have showed up in the playoffs. He's not good enough. Oh, yeah. He's got to be your three. He's got listen. He's got to be your Chris Bosh. Uh-huh. and Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer and a Fair great enough. player. Fair enough. The Celtics. They're gonna have a They're gonna have They've missed their window big time. They they don't have a big guy. They're wasting away Tatum, Brown, Tatum and Jalen Brown. They signed Kimba, who's listen. He's six foot. He gives you all the effort in the world, but he's not good enough, and he has injury issues. They signed Gordon Hayward and got hurt in the first minute. So I think their window has missed on their opportunities, and I think the Celtics need to make a drastic change. And if that means trading Jalen Brown, because I don't think they'll trade Tatum, Tatum, I think they have to. I think they have to make a big move. I think they have to do something. 
or else they're just going to fall into this. Because here's the thing. The Nets are not going anywhere. And neither is Milwaukee again next year. And I don't think the Six are going. So right now, you're automatically the fourth best team. You're the fourth best team in the East right now. Those three teams are much better than you. All right? Yeah. So the Knicks need a superstar. Now I think it will go to the Blazers thing because that's what you wanted to talk about in the Lakers and the Blazers. The Blazers got to blow it up. They have to blow the whole thing up. I think Dame – I is, know this is, to me, this is – Dame, Dame tweeted out something like a year or two ago about like – he was kind of, remember he was like I'm not one of those guys that's going to set up a superstar team or a super he team. Saw he, just, he saw he posted something last night too. He he needs to go, bro. He needs to go. He listen for his own sake. Or Portland's got to go make an all out move. Sorry, the CJ McCollum thing done. Carmelo's a free agent. They listen. He's he might go down as one of the. Remember we did a thing you, me, and Joe like a week ago or two weeks ago about exciting players. Remember yeah. I had Damian Willard. He really is. I really love him. I, he's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I mean, it just proved the other night. He's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I, said, I was talking to Pat last night at Harda. I said, you know what? If I had to pick one guy to make one shot at the end of the game, you know who I'm taking? Damian Lillard. I'm not taking Curry. Now, listen. Does I, In clutch time, I'll take Lillard. Oh, I'll Lillard. Lillard. Now, listen. I said Curry might make 10 threes in a row. But I want Damian Lillard taking I it's like Kobe. I want Damian Lillard taking the last shot at the end of the game because I don't think anyone could stop. I'll take him over LeBron, anyone. And I right. think he I just would love to see him leave Portland and really like I'd love to see him in New York. I'd right. love so to here's, see him. Here's what I want to say. Hold on. So here's what I want to say about all four of those teams. The the Celtics, everybody that wants to call them a failure and Danny Ainge's tenure, I don't think it's a failure to make the Eastern Conference three of the last four years championship i should say conference finals i mean with the team that they had that i mean that's more credit to danny ainge and he still has two i mean the, one of the best trades of all time and getting jason tatum from yeah but it never turned out anything huh it never the next i know next, but it's still not a failure you can't say that's a failure it all depends on the, it's a failure because you didn't win a championship no, the fa- it's it's not a failure. Failure. Hold, on, hold on shut it listen no. to me failure to it's me a yes failure a failure to me is if the Clippers lose tonight for what they did. The, Celtics, the, Celtics are, Celtics. the Celtics are still a very young team. They still are led by Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They got to figure out what they want to do. They need a legit big. They need a legit big. It's been there always. Danny Ainge has all these draft picks, Trev. He's missed on draft picks. He has. Sorry. How does he, miss, how does he miss on draft picks when he has Jason Brown, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? Two of the time. Yeah, two, I mean, two out of. Jeff, how many picks has he had in the last five years? Come on, man. This is, you think you think this is the NFL? What do you think? You, you only need a. You, it's the NBA. Listen. You don't need certain things. You need listen, specific things. Kept going. Oh, we're gonna trade back and we'll wait next year. We'll get more drafting. This is not the NFL where you're trying to load up. A, go get the superstar. It didn't well, what's happen. A, well, what's, a, what's a super? Hold on. What's a superstar nowadays? Anthony Davis missed out on okay. Anthony Davis. Okay, go go trade. Yeah, go yeah. Okay, they so had, won one had a single for Kimba. Uh, now they had bad luck with the Gordon Hayward. A minute into his friggin' contract, he breaks his ankle, or t- you know, r- yeah. you know, he, the devastating injury. He's missed, bro. Guys, never got Drummond, never got Anthony Davis. He's missed out on opportunities. Kyrie experiment that disappeared and bit him in the ass. Oh, but because Kyrie, yeah, it doesn't matter if, if Kyrie's a weirdo. 
I don't think I don't think it's a failure. I don't think it's a failure. Yeah. There's there being a hypocrite. You would you could say a couple years ago when the Yankees made the ALCS and didn't win the championship, it's a failure. It's a failure, bro. You gotta win championships. This is not listen, and the reason why I say that it's the Celtics. This is the Boston Celtics. This ain't Orlando Magic. They ain't that Portland Trailblazers. This ain't even the Clippers. I now you are Celtics. right. The Clippers thing, if they don't get knocked down the first round, is a failure. That's a whole different story. But the, we're talking about Danny Age for a second. That Celtics, that was a failure. You don't have all these draft picks year after year after year in salary cap and can't win. Sorry, Miami beat you. I mean, I mean, all these teams, they got beat, bro. And there's no excuse. And then Brad Stevens was supposed to be the guy. I'm sorry. It's a failure. The Clippers, when they, when they lose, that's a failure, too. I don't think it's a failure. But anyways, the Knicks... With the Knicks, they got to find a superstar. They got to be the New York Knicks. They got to go find the true superstar, and that's what it comes down to. The Lakers, they got to figure out shooting. They got to figure out Anthony Davis' situation and what they want to do with that. Because right now, I don't know if the Lakers are going to win another title with LeBron and AD. With the current situation with LeBron getting older, dealing with a serious injury this year, and you can see that fatigue and father time is catching up onto the king, as they like to call him. And then AD has to figure out if he's going to want to take care of his body or not, and if he wants to continue to play NBA basketball and at a high level, too. That's what it comes down to. The Blazers... I mean, Damian Lillard, they got to go. They got, This is like a Toronto Raptors situation. They got to just figure it out and make a massive trade. Whether that's trading to Lillard or adding to Lillard in the company, then they got to figure something out. But the NBA playoffs as a whole has been tremendous. It's been exciting, exhilarating. And the stars, I should say the young stars, because the league will be carried by some great young talent. And there was great young talent on display. And it's going to continue for the rest of the NBA playoffs. So the NBA is in good hands with the superior younger talent, all tw- I mean, 25 and younger, t- the players that are in the NBA right now that are 25 and younger, my God, it's, imp- it's, it's impressive, man. There's some, like, there's like not one or two that are like at a younger level. And we're even not even, I mean, Giannis is, is still a young, young player. And look where he is. We're talking about like, we're talking about like six, seven to like 10 players that are legit all-star caliber players that are all under 25 or close to it, little 26. I mean, it's unreal to think of the talent, and I'm happy to see it because it's been on display last year, and it's certainly on display this year. So, quick question before you move on to the next subject. Who comes out – who uh, wins the second round in the East? Who you got? Uh, I mean, I'm going I'm going with the – I think the Bucs. I mean, I said the Sixers. I, I'm, that's another thing. AD. It's like the AD situation. This is why I don't want to pick the Sixers, and I'm always afraid. And I just stay away from them because of the factor of Embiid. His injury, I mean, if he's not 100%, don't be surprised if the Atlanta Hawks and Trey Young are in the Eastern Conference Finals. Don't be surprised if the Atlanta Hawks are in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's all I'm going to say. It all depends on the health of of, um, Joel Embiid. And then quickly... I'm going with the I'm going not with the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going with the defense and the superior defense and perimeter shooting of the Milwaukee Bucks to dethrone the so-called new team in the NBA or the bad boys of the NBA. I'm going with the Bucks. I think that DiVincenzo injury might hurt them. It could be. just because of his ability to do everything for them. You know what I mean? He rebounds really well. He can play great defense. He he could match up with. I mean, listen, Harden will still get his, but he could match up against Harden. He could match up against Kyrie. We'll talk, we'll talk about that. I don't want to get into. No, too no, much no, no. I'm, so what I'm saying is that's why I think the Nets will win. 
Okay. Even though I think Gian, even though I think Giannis is going to have a huge series, I think Giannis I is. Gonna, and so I think Brooklyn and the Sixers will come go to the Eastern Conference. I think okay. even if it beats out, Sixers will still win. Okay. Well, and, I, I, and, then, and then I don't know. I don't want no predictions. And then, and the, no, and then I think the I think the Jazz will take care of business. We're not, talking about, we're not talking about preview. We'll talk I know. About I told you who I like. I'm telling you. I don't care. I don't care what I you like. Talk about it later. And I, and I think the Suns will win because there's no Jamal Murray and Will Barton on this. And All I right. think well, let's, let's move. All right, let's move on because Ted. Wants right. to you, don't like, you don't want. You don't have nothing to say. No, I already said what I had to say. Say what, what you got to say. Say what you got to say. Told you what I got to say. Well, Coach K had something to say this week. And the coach, the legendary, I should say, I shouldn't say just the coach, the legendary Coach K will be calling it quits after this year, 21-22 season. And when you think of Coach K, I mean, he's one of the first names, other than maybe John Wooden. When you think of college basketball, you think of Duke, you think of Coach K. His legacy in basketball as a whole with the Olympics too and having a connection with the NBA and having also the talent that he's been able to get drafted. And when they get drafted, they're the top of the top of the line, top guys. He's been there since the beginning. He's been there through changes. He's been there through all the bad of college basketball and having last year, one of his worst seasons as a team with Duke, not making the playoffs. And you see what his legacy is. I'm just, I'm just going to give you a, quick, a couple stats of coach. Okay. 1170 wins cover, overall. That's going to, Add to obviously it's his last year, most in college uh, college basketball history. D one, I should say, has more twenty win seasons, thirty six, and thirty win seasons, fifteen, than any coach in NCAA history. Five titles, twelve Final Fours. Should have six titles if it wasn't for that debacle and against the UConn Huskies. <laughs> Should be six, but anyway. Also, ninety seven tournament wins, thirty five tourney appearances. Well, to UConn twice. The most all time. Well, so you so got twice, bro. When we think of Coach K, we think of we think of greatness. We think of a man that always gave, always brought something different and new I, to. I think college of college college. and Duke. Hold on, and 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 Duke. And when I also think of him, I think he's a, a game changer. I think he's a tone setter in the sense of, I mean, when we the past ten years, it's always been the one-and-done rule, and he's been a big part of always having big recruiting classes alongside John Calipari with Kentucky. It's always been Duke or Kentucky. When we think of the Coach K, we just think of a legend playing football. Well, when I think of college basketball, I think of what our parents used to, of what they thought of as John Wooden. I mean, Coach K is the guy. I mean, I think of, when I think of college basketball, I think of Coach K, all right? I think might go down – as one of the great greatest coaches of all time, and I'm talking all sports. I'm not just saying college basketball. It, it's easily him and John Wooden one and two, and you could put it however you see fit. Um, different eras. Coach K evolved. I mean, you didn't even mention he's got five gold medals. Oh Four yeah, gold medals. he was assistant coaches on the early teams, and then he won the last three. You know, you think about his relationship with Kobe Bryant and LeBron James. You know, mm -hmm. you think about this, the NBA guys respecting him. As a you know, as a as a coach too, very intellectual guy, winning at a program that we look at as like a Yale. You know, you look at Duke, small stadium. You know, Cameron Indoor. Not this ain't you know, 
there's in some of the, the other big arenas that you're used to small school academic you know it's not when you think of college basketball you know you think of kentucky you think of ucla you think of kansas you know i mean you think of duke too but what he has done for the duke university what he did for college basketball tremendous tremendous person coach i mean you think about this was a guy that evolved I mean, he was a guy that had all seniors and then realized if I'm going to compete with these other guys, I have to do the one and done guys. I think the biggest thing he did and he and he's and he's and he succeeded in that, too. I mean, think about last year was the first time since 95 that Duke had made the tournament. I mean, when you think about Duke every year, they're a top five, top 10 program every year. I mean. I think a lot of that also has to do with COVID, you know, not being able to have the the, the freshman in. It's going to be sad to see. My, you know, you posted a question: What will Duke's future be? I don't know. I don't. Hold on. I will say this: Like you've seen with a lot of other major programs, UConn, Calhoun leaves, took a dip. Yeah, I mean, I know. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Kevin Ollie won a championship, but it was it was Calhoun's guys, okay? UCLA took major dips after Wooden, and then they've never been the same. Kentucky's maintained, but they had a gap, you know? They had the Patino years, and they had a gap, and Tubby Smith was decent, and then they got Calipari. UNC. UNC with Dean Smith. Totally. I mean, they, 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 they took a dip. They took a yeah. dip. And then... Maybe success. Until they got a legendary coach like Roy Williams... You know, let me ask you this question. So, I mean, UNC also is going to have a new head coach this season, Herbert Davis, and then John Shire, who's going to be the next head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. Do you think that they can maintain the success or is it going to be extremely hard? Also, hold on, take in consideration with this whole presentation now of the new rule they're going to change, the one and done rule. They're also the G League. You're going to have that big presence. Our players just going to say, screw this. I'm going to go to G League, try to get my game. If I want to be in the NBA, I got to go against players in another tier above me, and I can make some money on top of it. So do you think Duke and even college basketball as a whole, I know Duke, we're talking Duke specifically, but with all these now coming on or these new rules for the NBA, do you think that they could, all those teams, maintain the success? No, I think, listen, they're not going to – Duke is not going to be the same as Duke. Duke will still be good. Duke will be competitive, just like UNC has been competitive. But you know as a true professional athlete that's trying to get to – you want to go play for Coach K. You want to play for Bobby Knight. You want to play for Roy Williams. You, you want to play for – Shire, Shire won't be able to do that. One of the going to Duke is playing for Coach K. Shire won't be able to, you think Shire won't be able to do it? Well, how, who are you going to recruit? He, he like, Supposedly he's a great recruiter. But he's saying hold on. He's recruiting for Coach K. Yeah. Now who's gonna re- recruit for him? Hey, you wanna come play for John Shire? Like he hasn't <laughs> built no legacy on Shire. Dude, because he's got no legacy. There's a difference. Well, you man, go- when they replace a legend. Come on, you gotta give the man a chance. They're going to take a dip. It's going to be natural. It's 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 part of the program. It's like anything else. The, the, I only think with the, that really, the only school that really hasn't taken a dip is Kansas. I think the, with the with the foundation that Coach K has built for Duke and over the th- past forty years that he's been there, you're not you're not going to so, get that extra player that you normally get because Coach K isn't there. Going to be there. Well, you don't think you going, to be going into someone's household? Coach K walks into someone's household and goes, 
I want you to play for me. Do you know what that represents? We don't. But for these kids, absolutely, because they know his relationship yeah, with a, NBA like, players. They know, know. His, his ability to get people to the NBA. It's going to be but like when they John Shire was going, come on, come play with Coach K. He's go, He's got connections to the NBA. He knows people. He's He knows how to – his ability to be there, just like Indiana. Indiana has never been the same thing since Bob Knight left. Okay. UConn, you think about it. UConn has taken. Think about where UConn was with Jim Calhoun. They they've not been the same. They have not even been close to the same without Jim I think, Calhoun. I think Duke's going to be. I think Duke's going to stay consistent. I, I really do. But they I think it's going to. They will not gonna, be as consistent. Okay, shut it. You're pretty consistent with interrupting me. <laughs> Let me just shut you. Put the mute on. Okay, go ahead. We can hear you spiel. Yeah, right. Anyways, what I was going to say. Yes, yeah, Duke didn't make the playoffs last year. It's called the tournament. It's not. It's not the playoffs, Ted. It's called the NCAA tournament. Get it right. You said. You said the playoffs, idiot. Go back and look. Get, get right. Yeah, go back to Cincinnati. <laughs> what I was going to say is. I'm saying in general, I think it's going to be tough for all of college basketball because of those new NBA rules. And with the G League play, playing a major impact, you know that guys are going to be like, especially high school kids, they see money and they see an opportunity to play against players of another tier better than them. Then, of course, they're going to take the opportunity instead of, oh, let's go to school. We got to go to class. We're not making any money. And if we do, we get in trouble. And then the school gets yada, yada, yada. It's just, it's just a, a whole big issue that they got to deal with. I think it's going to be tough for NCAA as a whole because of the whole new rules, but I think Duke can still manage because it's Duke, and I think Coach K, what he has been able to do to build the foundation. Well, we've hey, listen, we've mentioned it though before, though, Trev. College basketball has taken a dip in the last five years with the one-and-done rules and everything. We've talked about this. It's not the same. It, listen, I still love college basketball. It just doesn't have the same impact it did. I used to know every single player on teams and everything. Now I, I, I don't know – I mean, I used to even all of the UConn here. I can name all five stars for Duke and, and UNC and Kentucky and you and other teams. I can't know more. I just, I, I just don't know the players like I used to because they're not there, you know. Well, and I, I, think, I think college, and that's why like college football strives because you're able to build a rapport with these guys. Trevor Lawrence, you, is know, you know what you're gonna get. You know what you're getting with college football. You don't know where you're getting with college basketball. Speaking of not knowing, and look who's decided to join us, is the Joseph Aguirre, because we're just talking about Duke and all the foundation, and we just finished off with knowing what college football is. We know what we're going to get with the product. College Joe, basketball. you have an AC on or something? Because you're making me hot with that hoodie, bro. Uh, it's about 65 degrees in here right now. Yeah, I was uh, doing some yard work earlier, so I've got this thing uh, as low as it could be without my house freezing over. Why, did you, you didn't put, like, a, a, a Zeke Elliott and just – a little tuck it in, have the have the stomach out, prove it like show it to all the neighbors. No, what I was nice. gonna say is nice. You kind of went there in uh, Tennessee. Shut it, Ted. The college college basketball. We don't know what we're gonna get. Why I'm saying that is because we don't know what we're going to get from the New York Yankees so far throughout this season. One game they look like the New York Yankees. The next they look like. The New York, I, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what to call them because it's it's every week or every day I should say that this team has the potential, like we've been saying for years, to take over a game offensively, and that even last week or a couple of weeks ago when they were on their nice little hot streak and they started playing defense well and they were hitting the ball, 
And we were like, okay, this is what we expect for the Yankees. Now we're back to getting swept by the Detroit Tigers and not playing defense and terrible base running awareness and not being able to hit again. Do you want to know that this is the 22nd time this season that the Yankees have been able or haven't scored more than two to three runs? That's on par with teams like the Tigers, who they just got swept, the Orioles, the Pirates, and the Rangers. And the last time I checked, I think we all can agree, those are some of the worst teams in baseball. So I know this question that I said in general is have the fundamentals come back to haunt the Yankees again. But what Yankee team are we going to see, especially coming into a weekend that it's Boston, New York, we expect big things, fireworks, and it's always exciting. What do we expect from the New York Yankees this weekend. Hold on, before Joe, Joe, can I ask you one question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because this is going to go off of the question. So I sent you that article. So did, were you in agreement with what Phil Muschamp, uh, Muschak wrote on that New York Post about fundamentals and not no, not knowing outs and ba- like, yeah. were you in agreement? I couldn't tell based on the tech that you were either disagreeing with him or agreeing with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I agree with him. I mean, you know, but my, 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 what I meant to say back to you was, and and what I'll just say now is, what does Aaron Boone do to, I mean, you know, if you're Joe Torrey and everyone looks at you as like, you know, grandpappy, it's a little bit easier to like appeal to these guys. But like, you know, a dude a little bit older than you is like, you got to play harder. And you're like, come on. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Um, but it, it's, it's, the, the fundamentals are killing the Yankees. You know, uh, if you think back last postseason, I remember, um, the series before they, they got bounced by, uh, Tampa Bay was it Minnesota, right? We talked about fundamentals. Yes. No, no giving away outs. No getting thrown out on the base paths, errors, stuff like that. Mental mishaps. They, and they played well. And then they got to Tampa, uh, and that series, that was the team you saw again was that team that was kicking the ball around and getting thrown out on the base paths and giving away outs that in, in a game, you just can't do it. And you're seeing that a lot. I mean, I literally just watched a video of all of Glaber Torres's errors. And I'll tell you what, there were about four balls where just rough hop got an error for it. And it was like, now oh, it would have been tough for anybody. Mostly what I saw is a guy who sometimes on grounders obviously waits back. We talk about, you know, he he's a natural shortstop, played second for a couple of years, and has taken everything he learned at second to short, including going back on balls instead of coming up on balls. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes Geo's his eye off the ball. Yeah, he like, takes his eye off the ball too much. Uh, and on very, very uh, uh, casual plays, uh, you see the shoulder dip. And that's where he starts flaring it up the line or, or, or overthrowing first base. This is just sloppiness. Like to, to me, you know, wh- how would you treat a kid who was doing this? You'd keep him after practice for an hour. So I, again, when I say, uh, what is Aaron Boone supposed to do? do? Do they go and does he make them take infield practice? What, what is it Aaron Boone do? I think it's more the coaches. I think it's more Marcus, uh, Marcus Timms. Mar- yeah, yeah the, look, the coaching's, the coaching's a real problem here. Uh, you, know, look what, you, you ruined Gary Sanchez as a catcher, and that affects his hitting, and, and we, we know what that's turned into. You moved Glaber over to second, which was stupid, and then you try to kick him over to short again like you hadn't completely reconstructed the way he fielded and played the infield. What did you think was going to happen? 
But this this idea of moving Glaber back to second when you have a Gold Glove winner at second, I'm sorry, that's a stupid thing to do. And that makes the Yankees weaker at, at a premium position up the middle. I'd rather have Urshela at short and DJ at second. That's solid up the middle. I don't and, care who plays third. Let Ann Duhar play third. Let Glaber play third. I, I really don't care about third base, and I'm not really all that worried about first base. To me, wasting uh, wasting DJ LeMayhew at first base is the most idiotic thing on the planet. So, get, get, get Stanton a mix. Go stand at first base, you monster. Just stand there. Don't throw it at you. Just catch it. Yeah, so... I know you guys both can't watch the Yankee games. Trev, you don't watch them. And Joe, you can't get them because of the Cox inter, you know, service. So Gio's a better shortstop. Gio made a play, what was it, Monday or no, Tuesday. Watch the game Tuesday. Two plays in the hole. Didn't have to, the old Jeter play, but didn't have to jump. He was able to catch the ball in the hole and throw it with enough zipping. Got it. Um, Arena, uh, what I'm saying is, if Glaber was in that position, if we took Gio out and put Glaber, would have had to stop, pivot, throw. And Joe, I don't think I don't know if you also know this on double plays. You know when you're in shortstop and double play, you catch the ball like this. Your hands right here, so it's a transfer. He catches the ball with the glove, brings the hand to the ball, and then he winds up. All that time he's wasting. And then he tries to throw the ball harder, but he's miss. He's still he's overthrowing, tosses the ball into first base field. I mean, Trev, have you seen him? He t- takes the ball. And you're like, yep, yeah, there goes the ball <laughs> down the line. And I mean, I know, I know, we're not, talking about listen, he's not a good shortstop. I know he came up as a shortstop, and now it's what is, he's not a shortstop. Go put him at second. Put him at second. And I know Joe, you're gonna be like, well, what do you do with DJ? Then put him at third. Okay, put DJ at third, put Gio at short, put Glaber at second, and go find maybe a first. More, but maybe like what Joe said, it's more of a credit or an example of what the Yankees did by switching him. And like you said with Gary, too, I mean, these guys, these these Spanish players, that these guys practice and are learning their whole life baseball. It's, that's what they do. And they come up and they're playing for the Yankees. And a situation like this, they've been, been in this position their whole life. I mean, Glaber came up as a shortstop, specifically says shortstop. Gary Sanchez came up as a catcher, specifically as a catcher. They want to move him around in this. And and now players nowadays, all players and people in general, are very get defensive and they they take it as well, a, like, it's like, it's much, it's like, like oh, yeah, we want to move him a second because, hold on, because you stink at shortstop or we'd want to just put you at DH and have you catch sometimes. We're going to sub you out in and out because you're not that good of a catcher. It just plays with the mind and you're like, Okay, oh, and then yeah. you're kind of, they're in the dumps now because they're like, oh, if I have one good game, they're making they excuses for these guys. Hold on, if no, they have no, one no, good no. game, you're making excuses. Go play baseball. Be an athlete. You're a professional athlete. Stop making excuses. And do hard. I'm, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm not making excuses. It's a legit freaking thing. Uh, here's the thing. And Duhar's actually played a good left field. And Duhar's actually played really good left field lately. He has, and he, he was playing third base. You adapt. You become a professional player. You get better at your craft. Okay. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're just not that way. Other players well, are different, man. All of a sudden, Clint Frazier is making diving catches. It might be our best outfielder. Okay. 
The guy who couldn't catch the ball that now makes every play. And I mean, he's he's a gold glove outfielder now. I mean, every time I look, he's making an unbelievable play so, in the outfield. He'll be coaching too. He'll be coaching. And well, well, guess what? It also doesn't. Here's the other thing: mindset. I sent you the article to Joe. Your catcher doesn't know how many outs are out on the field. Every yeah, that's time, the problem. that's the problem. Remember in Little League, the catcher every time one out, one out, guys. Next two outs, two outs. I do that. I do that now in my wiffle ball and softball leagues. I, I mean, do just at a at a right at a habit. I can't help it. I mean, I was a when I put you always got to know your they out. Something is mentally wrong with this team. Perfect example. I was trying to say it to you the other night, Joe. I think it was Tuesday night, Tuesday or Wednesday. Now they won the game, but it's going to come back and haunt them. Gary Sanchez is on second base. You have one out. Ball hit the shortstop. I know this, and I'm not a professional athlete. You, if the ball's in front of your face, you don't run unless the ball's hit the second, you're a first, and you're automatic. You make sure that ball goes through. He takes off running like he's Ricky Henderson and gets thrown out at third. And now you have two outs, and you don't have a man in scoring position. I then, think, the think, other I, night, the other night, Glaber getting picked off at first. Geo, the ball scatters away from the catcher, gets thrown out at third. They are so bad on the base pads, it's unbelievable. It's going to haunt them. Joe, I told this to Trevor when we were, I was driving to the gym. I said, I think Joe's to a fault is too much of a Yankee homer, and I mean it like this. Remember we had the question, what team do you think is the best team in the AL East? It's the Rays. They're, they might not be the most talented team. The Yankees are the most talented team. That doesn't make them the best team. The Rays do everything well. Yesterday, Kiermaier hits the ball at second. He's flying down the first baseline. And you say, well, what does that mean? Hustle and two. That rushes the infielder's throw, which may make him throw have a bad toss to first base, or the pitch first baseman might have bobble the scoop because he's in a rush. You hustle, you make effort. They have guys that can play multiple positions, and they do it well. Diaz can play first. He plays outfield. He can play second, third base. They're an abdip adaptivity or whatever ability to play multiple positions and do them well. They fundamentally play the game right. They don't make mistakes on the base paths. They field the ball cleanly. I mean, if you watched the game yesterday. They're unbelievable in the field. So they, what, what I'm saying is they don't make any mental mistakes. They do all the right things. They, they hit the ball, they bump the ball, they hustle, they make the correct crowds, they, they're able to go from first to third, they hit the cutoff man, we don't overthrow the – they do fundamentally things right. Now, of course – Do you think Princeton is better than Georgetown? Uh, what do you mean? In the school? Basketball, NCAA men's basketball. Um, I mean, right now, no. Because let's I mean, be no. honest, whenever whenever those yeah. two teams tangle in the NCAA tournament, there's always some pause there, right? You're the like, mm, and, and, and that's the sense. fundamentals of that Princeton, the pick and roll, that that getting down to the basics, right? Underdogs, the the leading scorers averaging like 12 points a game at Princeton. It's a it's a different kind of experience there, right? Here's the thing about the Rays and why I still stand by what I said about the Yankees being the best team in the American League. And and here's what I mean to say by that. You've got a superstar literally at every position. Who? The Yankees. There, there's a superstar. There's a superstar at every position. They don't have, nah. That's the, they don't have one superstar. the only superstar there, in the there, game there is. Cole. Settle down. When I say superstar, I mean like, Look at the look at the race team. 
position by position, is is there a guy on the Rays legit who you would take over a guy on the Yankees? Hold on. Before you answer that question, I know you want to. The whole team. <laughs> At least you, I know what I'm getting. All right, slow down. It's it's easy to say that today based on results, but when the season's over, you'll change your mind. But let's say when the season started, before any of this happened, is there any guy on the Rays who you would have picked at his contemporary position on the Yankees? You, there, there isn't. There isn't. You wouldn't have assumed Glaber was going to suck. You wouldn't have assumed that Voight would be mostly out of the lineup this year. You would look position by position, and you would say, that's the better team. Now, when when the question is, is which team's performing better today, it's to raise by a mile. Easy for all the reasons, all the reasons you mentioned, but here's the reason why. I Hold on. I have a good analogy. First of all, a lot of guys on that team are playing for their lives, where an extended slump in Tampa, you may be back in Durham, and you may never come back again. Well, so that's a reality that those guys live with. Well, there you go. And here's where the 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 pampered chef part happens. These guys are living large. I said, what is Aaron Boone going to do to this team to make them pay more attention, play harder? How is he going to do that? Because he's doing a lousy job of it this year. How do you I, I, motivate? I how do you motivate millionaires at every position? Multi-millionaires. Well, Some guys making well, 20, 30, 40. So how do you do that? Now, again, in Tampa. I don't have to motivate you because your your job is tenuous here. If if, if you but make a few still- errors and you go zero for thirty, you're probably go- you're probably gone and replaced by some other dude who's going to come up and rip two ninety the rest of the season because that's you're- what happens. Wait, are you well, talking? Well, about- you know what? Hold on. You know what? Hold on. I have two things to say, and then I'll do your thing. And I apologize. That no it's like a child. It starts at home. Starts at the parenting. It starts at the top. The Yankees have allowed this to happen. You, when you pamper them for as long as you have, this is what you get. You get a spoiled brat at 16 years old. Trev will agree with this analogy. You know what the Rays are? They're the they're the New England Patriots. You know who the Yankees are? The Pittsburgh Steelers, the team that couldn't beat the white guys who did everything fundamentally right. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Trev, how many times we talk about this? Talented, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, Emmanuel Sanders, star offensive linemen, defensive players, all players. And then you have scrubs on the New England Patriots. And you know what they did? Like this, just smacking around the Steelers. That's what the Rays do. Yeah, you're more talented. Yeah, guess what? This isn't the NBA. They they, they just smack around the Yankees and they do everything right. I mean, Yarmouth, you actually. They haven't had a complete game since 2016. The guy throws a 78-mile-an-hour fastball. We can't hit it. Pitches a complete game. We can't hit nothing. We don't We don't run the base bats. We don't know how many outs there are. That is a mental problem. I don't know who that's on. Could you say it's on the individual? Listen, you, you would say, Joe, you're a grown-ass man. You're supposed to know how many outs there are. I mean, we got guys running off the field with two outs. We got guys running when – when they're not supposed to i'm just waiting i mean we got gary rounding the bases like you ricky henderson we don't know what's going on out there let's I mean, be honest though let's be honest though let's be it's honest there's the, the problem is 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 literally two very basic things are you ready for it a 226 batting average and 65 home runs that's the problem here 
They're not hitting. And when they do, they're not putting the ball in the seats. But don't and you for think years, hold about- up, hold up. For years, for years, we've talked about this all or nothing approach, that it was bad. Oh, no. And what did the Yankees do? Did they go out and, and try to diversify their offense, get some on-base percentage guys, try to find a high batting app? No. Nope. They doubled down. They went out and they were like, Aaron Judge, there's another one? Let's go get that one, too. What's that one's name? Stanton? Great. Let's get two monsters that can only play right field and will eventually need a DH every day. What could go wrong there? Oh, and that one's already got a 13-year contract. I'll take it. I mean, what? I think it's a cover. Look at this. Look at the outfield now is currently constructed, and you're like, do you remember two years ago when they got that uh, Jabari Bush guy for somebody from San Diego? And we were like, got like nine outfielders now. And now we're at a point where we're like, hey, Andrew, you want to give left a shot? Or what is going on in New York? This This is on Brian Cashman. Because I don't think anybody could have looked at this roster and been like, it's it's injury prone, it's misplaced, you got too many guys playing out of position, you got too many guys who are, um, again, being poorly coached at their position. Why does Gary Sanchez need to relearn catching? There's something you liked about him when he was 15. Something about 15-year-old Gary, you were like, eh, we want that guy. You know, at any point between 15 and 20 years old, they could have moved them to another spot. But they kept them behind the plate only to continue to screw with the guy. This this is this is on the organization. I said that before the year, and that was before we decided that Glaber's just not a shortstop. How does the organization fail so yeah. big on two guys? Now the question becomes, Aaron Judge, does he stay for the long haul? Again, you've already got the other version of him locked in for like 10 more years. So you've made a lot of your own problems here. Nobody expected DJ LeMayhew's batting average to tumble 100 points. That's a huge problem. That's that's one maybe one of the bigger issues of why we really haven't talked about this offense is probably because DJ LeMahieu is taking a huge dip, literally a yeah. hundred point dip. I mean, when he was getting on base, everything, and I've been saying it since he became the official leadoff hitter for Gardner. You, you'll recall everything started with DJ. Everything the 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 offense was going, the the truck was going, the engine was moving when DJ LeMahieu was getting on base. He's not. His batting averages last year in Colorado was 256 for the year. What's he at right now? 255 right now. Isn't it crazy when a guy gets a contract, they always seem to kind of crap the bed. Then I'm, I, I'm trying crazy. to, while you guys are talking, my mind's thinking, and I'm thinking of the teams that won the championships in the 90s. And they remind me more like the Rays. Remember, you'd be like, they got at least Planier. They got this guy in Brocious, or they got like at least Soho. And it's like, he was on the backup for the Mariners, but like he could come in and like oh, play defense, yeah. defense, like could play short and nitty gritty type players. You know what I mean? Like role players. I think Joe, you. I think you're right. It starts with the front office. They've gotten too many guys of the same piece. You know, like a puzzle. You know, sometimes 
the pieces they look the same, but like one's got you know they have too many of the similar pieces, you know. And yeah. and when you go all in for nothing, as you said, well they're not hitting. Well, I think the hitting and home runs have covered up their mistakes. You know, like sometimes like you can have a superstar and they cover up the real like like the Lakers yep. for example. Having LeBron James covers up all the flaws that the Lakers, Lakers really are. They had no shooting. You know what I mean? They didn't have a point guard. You just there's a lot of superstars can cover up. The Yankees hitting their ability to hit home runs covers up a lot of their mistakes. And now that they're not hitting and for average or home runs, you're starting to see all the other things trickle up. All the actual and, flaws that we've been talking well, about. Well, think, we've think about talk, this. Well, we've been talking about this for years now. Well, now when, it's right, when, trying to open when like Gary when Gary hits around two seventy with thirty five homers, his catching looks fine. His catching's not a problem. When he's hitting two oh two and he's not putting the ball in the seats and he's running in the outs, it's a just. Ah, I can't not notice how you're. God, you. And that's where we're at. And like same thing. Stop, but he's not hitting 35 home runs. He doesn't have 100 RBIs. He's not batting 280. Well, the guy, and, and he is a problem. I listen. I love him. I, I'm a true Yankee fan. I want all of them to succeed. But there's a major issue. This team. I sent you that article where they need to make. They they need to do something. Now I know you. It's the middle of the season. You're not going to be able. You're going to have to live with it. We are going to have to live with it. For the rest of the season, maybe he'll make a move or two. You know, we talked, we've joked and talked about the Trevor story for Glaber. All right, but that's still not going to fix the fundamental issues of running down the base pass, hitting the cutoff. You know, making the right plays. Now, fundamentals though comes to the coaching staff, right? I mean, that comes down to the coaching staff about doing the right thing. You know, I mean, Joe, I mean, Joe, Mike, it just baffles me how many times they've gotten thrown on the base pass. It's going to haunt them. And that's why they're not going to win the World Series this year. Doesn't matter. Even with Severino back and Voight coming back, they are not winning the championship. They're, they're not that good. They're talent-wise, they are superb. Okay? I mean, but they are as a team. They I mean, listen, how many times did the Patriots win championships? They weren't the most talented team. I mean, they had the best quarterback and the best coach, but they had a bunch of other guys that, like Ninkovich. It's I just say that's, that's, or some of these guys would have succeeded in other programs. But no, that comes down to coaching. Been before. And I think you, know, you hit it on the head too. Sorry, Trev. The pampering of these babies. You pampered them since 2017. That's why Girardi's out. Because he was the old whipping post. You know, and bang, bang, bang. Now we got to pamper them. Well, now you've got a 16-year-old spoiled brat, and you got guys with injury who can't hit, and they make mistakes. And I'm sorry. That comes on to you as an individual and you as the coaching staff to do the right thing. And it's a poor job on Cashman on finding these players and of the same caliber and making mistakes. Because, sorry, the Hicks deal sucks. He's garbage. Okay, he had one damn good season. He's never played in more than 140 games more than like once or twice in his career. Okay? He had one good season. We gave him a seven-year contract. Not that good. You want to know what his batting average was at the time? That year? Yeah, he had 30 home runs. It was like 242 batting average. So, I mean, and then, you know, you mess with Glaber. Yeah, that's pretty good. Gio's our best shortstop. Gio's my favorite player. I mean, Gio. Guys, guys, all we have to do is bat 242 and we can make 10 million a year. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Basically. I mean, they screwed with Gary. Gary Gary will never be the same player. He's done. He, I mean, he's, Hicks has got to go. Gary's got to go. Glaber's got to go. Those are the type. I mean, you would be like, no, why would you? They got to go. 
It's it's not going to work. It's just not going to work anymore. The whole scrap the plan. It's it's done. It's over with. And sorry, um, Joe. I think if the Yankees don't win the World Series, I know he just signed the contract. Boone's got to go. And you'd be like, well, is well, it really Boone's I, I, no, I'm but glad you said that. I was actually going to say, I think right now, I think right now, Aaron Boone should be let go. I think you should fire Aaron Boone and you should see if Joe Torrey will finish out this season. And I'll tell you why. Is this your one more thing? It's my one more thing right now. Listen, I I got a feeling. You know, when when I said to you earlier, then I really started thinking about it, Ted. When I said earlier, what can Aaron Boone do? And, and, And I mean, fact of the matter is, is, you know, this used to be a strategy in sports where you had an underperforming team of superstars. And in order to motivate said team, you fire the coach, fire the manager. Wakes everyone You're up. Gonna have, it does. That's, and you feel bad. You, you know, that. Be sure. you know, Gary knows out, run, yeah. running in the outs and Glaber knows the fielding and Ford knows not knowing hey, how look. many outs. And hey, look. You, you know, it's your fault. You did look, that. Look at the Atlanta Hawks. Fired the coach in the beginning of the year. Nate McMillan takes over. Guess what? They're in the final four of these. Got to bring the right yeah. guy in, though. The right. Got to bring in a, a Nate yet. McMillan. Good guy. Real good basketball guy. A, yeah. a, a guy, look, who's played, who's managed, or yeah. coached, rather, and has a good That's history there. A guy who walks in the locker room, instant credibility, right? That's Got that, a talented team. Ball. It's like, all right, we're going to play for this guy. Monty Monty Williams for the Suns. Very well respected throughout the league. Was a really good coach, an assistant coach for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Went for the Suns. He's well respected through the league, played in the league. Look at the Suns. Yes, they have Chris Paul. Yes, they have Devin Booker. But it also starts with coaching staff. I just, when I look at this Yankee team, maybe because I watch them every single day, I nitpick. And I just, listen, I'm not a professional athlete, okay? I never played in college baseball, but I played, I know the game of baseball. I know that when the ball's hit to short and I'm on second, there's less than two outs, I stay in a check to make sure the ball goes through. And if it does, then you advance to third. If not, because you don't want to be the lead out on third. You know what I mean? The the mental, mis- you don't get picked off at first. I mean, the other night they had, I, I only showed you that Glaber got thing, but Gio gets thrown out third, and then Glaber gets thrown out, gets picked off at first. They had two outs before the even guy got his own out before they get the third. I just, we laugh about it. We've joked about it. Their their fundamentals on the base pass, I mean, is is huge now. It's listen. It's not a little pebble no more. It's a boulder rolling down the hill, and it's and it's catching up to them. And if G, Cole's not twelve Ks and eight innings and they don't hit three home runs they lose you know in in uh, this is going to be a little bit stupid but bear for a minute in my softball league you know there's certain teams that will play that i know we're not good on defense we play in a pretty high up league mind you sometimes you know balls at first in the dirt i'll just i'll just go for second because i know they're not going to make the play and they're going to just start throwing the ball around every now and again i i've been thrown out and my teammates get passed but they understand I'm 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 trying to create something sometimes. I've been in that situation at second, grounder in the hole. I'm running though, and I'm gonna jump over the ball to try to make it. I mean, if the ball's so far ahead of you that you can't obstruct it, you gotta know you gotta go back. 
Uh, so super poor on Gary's part to to really. I mean, that's like that's like a guy who's never played baseball before that would happen to. That's how shocking a move I thought that was. But again, it speaks volumes about the Yankees coaching right now. And I do think that that might be there. And I like Aaron Boone a lot. He's a good guy. He's done a good job. But I, to, to me, and again, not to sound like an old Yankee fan, if George Steinbrenner were at the helm, he would know, and nothing personal, Aaron, got to let you go. I got to fire this team up and you're the sacrificial lamb. At the very least, at the very least, by the end of the day, I'd like to see Marcus Timms out. That's why I like to, I want to close out with this quick statement. The Yankees should have never got rid of Joe Girardi. I don't care what anybody says. I think it was a terrible decision on their part to get rid of him. Here's my thing though, Trev. I think they'd be in the same predicament. No, 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 because the players are the same. The player, the players are the same. Okay, the, the the coach can only do so much. Listen, as as much as what Joe is right about Aaron Boone, Joe Girardi can't go hit for Gary Sanchez or Aaron Judge or Glaber Torres. Now, yeah, he could be more strict on them and punish them, and you know, I'll sit on the bench, you know, if you make a mistake. But then, like, who are you going to put in? You know, I mean, there's only three or four guys on the bench. You know, it's not like you know you got five. You know, and they're not sending Judge and Gary Sanchez and Glaber down to AAA and punish them and put them in timeout. It's, it is what it is, and we have to accept it. And it's going to be a long season. You're going to have seven-game win streaks, and you're going to have seven-game losing streaks because that's what this team is right now. They're well, we'll not consistent. We'll see what happens this weekend. A big series against the Sox as they come into town. Finally, for the first time this season, the Yankees and Red Sox will be underway in the Bronx. So we'll see how it goes. Last weekend – was we talked about quickly well, who was going to be the real legit team out of the AL East. Well, I think the Rays have established themselves as the true the true leaders right now of the AL East currently. We got to see how the Yankees fare against a big a division opponent, and it's the Boston Red Sox, who is also on a tier as well. So we have to see how it goes. Let's hope for the best because the past week, it's been the inconsistent New York Yankees, as we like to call them this year. Which team shows up this weekend? We will see. But it's going to be At a least. fun weekend. I can't wait to see it. It's Yankee Red Sox. It's always fun. You got the NBA playoffs. That's been great. And hopefully some big NFL news will come out later because you're still waiting on Julio Jones. Is Aaron Rodgers going to show up? We'll be talking about all of that next week. Joe, finish up. What do you want to say, Joe? At least, at least the Yankees pitching is as well. I think you yeah. could fix. I think the hitting can turn around. I think some of that. The you can you can fix some of that stuff. You know, you could shake this team up somehow. Don't know how, but it could be done. To me, the pitching being as good as it can be, as good as I hoped it would be, and we talked in the preseason, I said it could be this good. The Kluber thing could be problematic, but Seve's on the horizon. As long as the bullpen and the pitching stays the way it is, the Yankees still have a fighting chance if they can get their heads out of their collective behinds. Well, we will see. We are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City, so subscribe, comment, share, and like. Also, you can follow the Joseph Guard, the president of Clovercrest Media. Are you cold? Yeah, it's like it's like sixty-two here. Right? Like oh, he's got it's a like, cold still. It's like seventy degrees in my house right now. Seventy-two. I don't I'm know. Kind of. Sh- I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing shorts too, mind you. But yeah, I'm literally like kind of shivering. Are you as cold as the New York Yankees offense right now? Uh, yes, cold? I am. I, I'm like Mike Ford at the plate. Wow, that's pretty cold. Freezing. Another well, guy. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City.
to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.